Great, great, great. And we keep it rolling and we go into the other one. Here we go. Wait, can I do it this time? Do it. I want to be a cowboy lady? What? <laughs> Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. And you do the rest of the intro. <laughs> oh, God, Nathan. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> These slutty plants are just jizzing all over my face in New Hampshire. <laughs> it's Think Outside the Box Set, the Internet's only outrage and sneezing machine. This is a podcast. <laughs> no, where I have to leave it in. <laughs> yeah, you have to, obviously. Because um, I'm also just, like, sniffling this whole time. Uh, yeah, it's it's we're a podcast, and we we look at artists that have been misunderstood, unrecognized, or potentially misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. <laughs> nose blow sound effect. I didn't actually blow my nose. We just <laughs> dropped in a sound effect of someone blowing their nose. Oh my God. This is this Makes, episode this is, is off to a great. This is audio start. poison. <laughs> you can't start a season this way. This is terrible. This is what I call uh, table setting. Clink clink. Clink, clink. Oh, here's the silverware. Oh, here's the fine china. Clink. This is table setting for any new listeners who might be starting for this new season. This is what the show is like uh, all the time. I'm constantly sneezing and sniffling and uh, poisoning your eardrums. Um, So this is season 24. 24. And we're covering the chicks. Formerly known as the Dipsy Chips. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh... Yeah, I I would love to actually read. Do they have like a press release about their name change? Oh, great um, question. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to look that up, and yeah. maybe we can just sort of get that out of the way because I feel like that's probably the least interesting part of of their story. I'll, I'll also say I think the Chicks is a pretty bad band name. It's a terrible saying, band name. I'm not saying the Dixie Chicks is a good band name. Right. Uh, there's issues with that too um okay let's let's look yeah and okay am i being dumb if i question how necessary it is to get rid of dixie chicks because like i mean it's just it refers to the mason dixon line right like dixie is south of the mason dixon line and i guess it's kind of like associated with antebellum south and like stuff yeah it's definitely it's definitely like more um defensible than lady antebellum i think and then of course lady is even stupider yeah and well don't say that because um lady lady a was already like a a singer who they stole a name from right her performer name happened to be a black woman yes which is such a good look um what i mean by that is if your band name is Lady Antebellum and you just change it to Lady A, that is stupid. Yeah. Because it's like saying what does KFC the A stand just stands for? for K, the letters K, F, and C. Yeah. It's no longer Kentucky. <laughs> or if your band name was a slur and then you change your band name to like N or something, it's like, okay, we know what your we know what it stands for. Um, I don't know. Was that All an right. awful thing to say? Is that is? Are you going to cut that out? No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, I. I can't find... Okay, so apparently there's a message on their website. Um, let's see. Thechicks.com. <laughs> no way they had that. Uh, yeah, they do. Great. They, they do. Own, that. Yeah, I wonder what, who owned it first. Ooh, I'm gonna oh, look now up there's a section called work. Causes. 
Um, look at archive.org for thechicks.com and see what it was before it was bought by the Dixie Chicks. You know just what to do. Anyway. Um, okay, well, I can't find their official statement anywhere. I guess it's been buried in the internet and most people are referring to it. Anyway. Uh, so this we decided. Album oh, it's a porn from site, a very different of band. I was gonna guess that, but then I was like, "Of course, oh, no." I was gonna like guess oh, no. that. I was like, "No, that's that's like kind of shitty of me to say. I shouldn't say that." And yeah, that's what it was. Um, well, well. Uh, <laughs> um, oh no, there's so, a there's a link that says "Enter the Chicks" on it. That's uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't phrase it like that. All right, this very fe- this very feminist season is off to a great start. <laughs> Rip roaring, um, I'd say. Oh boy! So the chicks, as they exist today, very different band than the one that we li- listen to today. There are only, I think, two original members. Yeah, the sisters. It's the sisters. Um, let's see. I'm, I haven't memorized Nay, all of their. Uh, Irwin, uh, the great. two daughters of but the that- um, crocodile hunter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they have new last names because they got uh, married and and changed their last names. Yes, that's true. Um, but um, uh, Mar- is it Marty and Emily? Yes, uh, who that's are right. I believe the fiddler and and banjoist, respectively. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, great. yeah. yeah. Mar- Marty and Emily. So I guess they like started the group. Um, and then everyone else in the band left after, I think, an album after the next album. Uh, yeah, because they started, but, uh, they tried to do a little bit more of a um, mainstream sound. And um, the, uh, what's, uh, Lynch, uh, Laura Lynch and Robin Lynn Macy, I think both left because they, they were more interested in like a little bit more traditional bluegrass type stuff. Yeah, and this is a straight-up bluegrass album. It totally is, yeah. Um, oh, I have, I have an alternate, by the way, for, your, for your, um, your opening line. Do you want to hear it? Oh, yeah, please. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boobs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I want yeah, to duck. I, I, I think that's... <laughs> I, you're, you're gonna say that you think it's great and i and i i thank you for that um okay i was gonna i wanted to, t- to talk about how we're going back to our roots we're getting in touch with country music we started with old garth and yeah we're circling back and also it, it, it feels seems like, like there's circle back. so much to chew on with the chicks and their narrative yeah there's like actual kind of like straightforward songwriting for the most part so far Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's always nice because you can like. I feel like there's less poetic bluffing in country music. There are just like yeah. simpler metaphors that like that's have a, a clear purpose. That's a great point. Yeah, like oftentimes people will deride the lyrics of country music, um, and not without reason because a lot of them are like not amazing, but you know at least they're like concrete and have meaning and aren't just poetic bluffs or nonsense which i appreciate <laughs> yeah and uh the music in the the instrumentals and and the musical aspects of the writing are fucking great like this is a fun album it's really good mm-hmm. yeah the um also the, the playing is amazing. performances 
mm-hmm. performances are really organic. Like it's, it feels like a yeah. traditionally recorded bluegrass album. It feels very live. There are fluctuations in tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are very raw moments of intonation, um, especially mm. in the singing that mm-hmm. um, for the most part, I think sound really exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I really enjoyed this. Oh yeah, we should mention the album is Thank Heavens for Dale Evans from 1990, the first album. Now, I don't know anything about Dale Evans. I had to look it up. It is a woman, uh, an American actress, singer, and songwriter. And apparently she was the third wife of singing cowboy Roy Rogers. So the... um, Interesting. And... So in the song that they mentioned I assumed, her... I assumed it was a man because the name Dale, I usually associate with men. Me too, yeah. Her birth name was Frances, apparently. Huh. Um, yeah, but uh, in, in the... Um, uh, <laughs> she took the, nail, the name Dale Evans while working at a radio station in early 1930s after the station manager suggested it because he believed she could promote her singing career with a short, pleasant-sounding name that announcers and disc jockeys could easily pronounce instead of Frances Octavia yeah. Smith. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I guess it doesn't sound. I, I mean, it doesn't sound country because of these assholes who like made what a country-sounding name sounds like, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> because they gatekept people into. I don't know. Making you have to sound like a race car driver. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, I think they mentioned Roy Rogers in the the song "Thank Heavens for Dale Evans." Okay, that's that's great yeah. context. Uh, I think we should jump into the songs yeah. uh, really soon because I have a heart out today. Mm-hmm. But, I know what that means. But <laughs> you love it when I say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe first we could just give a, a really quick impressions of like our history with the chicks. Mm-hmm. Um, how aware were you of the chicks? Um, pre the Iraq War controversy, I had heard of them and at that time i was just pretty uh totally contemptuous of um country music like full stop was Um, this was this because of your sort of like uh self-hating rural upbringing (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) it was more the elitist on the show before (laughs) it's more the elitism i think or my parents definitely like did not like country music um Okay. So, and and also um the the image I had of them was they were kind of like a pop group also. And sure. that is not really who they are cuz they are like amazing instrumentalists and like um which is not, you know, typically a feature of pop singers or pop groups. Um yeah, so I don't know where I got that idea from. I don't know if they were just promoted well, I that think way. They kind or of whatever. turn into that more. Oh really? At least in the actual content of their of their songs, I think like they mm-hmm. become kind of more pop country, right? Uh, yes, that is true. Where, where I feel like the the songwriting and the singing is highlighted, and the instrumental is not as focused on as like in this album. Yeah, I guess I, w- I was more trying to say like they seem kind of like lumped in with, um, you know, like a. Uh, I mean, I guess 
Britney Spears of someone who's just like, or at, you know, at that time I was just thinking like, Oh, these are just like lightweight pop stars who are like manufactured and aren't involved in like the creation of the music really. And they're just like a pretty face to put on it, which is not interesting, not fair, obviously. And is deeply sexist and is like, you know, uh, and is also seems incorrect. Yes. Especially for the Dixie chicks. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for them. Because I'm, I think there are examples of that, uh, you know, that, that of that kind of assumption being correct, but, um, and that's kind of like, not, not to the fault of the star. That's the industry's problem, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that's kind of like the vibe or the idea I had of like Garth Brooks to an extent also, you know, it's just like very poppy. Like this is just pretty face, you know, et cetera. But yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you? What was your, uh, image of the of the chicks. I I never thought that like country music was for me. Um, it felt sort of like for someone else, uh, mm-hmm. and I also was like fairly sheltered and didn't have a lot of access to uh, popular music in general. Um, so uh, popular music that was for a specific, like that was targeting a specific demographic, maybe even less so. Um, I vaguely remember uh, them, people being mad at them mm-hmm. because of the Iraq war uh, and their public denouncing of uh, President Bush. Um yeah, I remember them getting canceled. I, I, mm-hmm. I guess we should we should uh, include a link to the uh, "You're Wrong About" about them. Yes, it's a great um, episode. They have a, I think it's like a three part episode uh, episode series on um, cancel culture and the history of cancel culture before it was called that, and mm-hmm. um, and about how the chicks were a sort of a victim of right wing cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, other than that, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I guess th- I was mostly just aware that they had a song where they, like, m- gleefully murder a man. Oh, that's right. Because th- we... Uh, Good- Goodbye Earl, I believe, is the name of that song. We l- listened to that one of that, that song in, like, one of our um, brackets, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was aware of that around the same time that the that I saw the fried green tomatoes movie for the first time. I've never seen that movie. I know the title. I don't know anything. Well, else spoiler alert. <laughs> Does it involve tomatoes? There, there's an, there was a murder <laughs> in it. Uh, uh, good old fashioned and, murder. Well, I wouldn't say it's old fashioned. Oh, uh, there's a, there's kind of a new twist. Murder. You should see it. Ooh, that yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. I like the sound of this. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so that's that's all I'm... I, I guess I'm aware of the chicks at some point representing a type of... I can't get all my waves of feminism straight, but they're representing mm-hmm. a type of, like, kind of girl boss energy, <laughs> if you will. Ah, this uh-huh. uh, And uh, this sort of per- performative power... And like mm-hmm. this kind of empowerment, this sort of like I'm with her energy. And I think they eventually kind of get to that point. Um, and especially like their last album, like their, the big hit was uh gaslighter. And the name of the I album think they're also. just like talking about like 
Trump uh, or something. Um, so I feel like we're going to maybe get into a little bit of like some, uh, I think there's going to be some pander meter stuff going on here, but maybe in more yeah. of a, like a neoliberal kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm interested to, to think about that and to hear that as it develops in this album. I think there's just some really lovely uh, songwriting about feminine identity um, mm-hmm. that is not particularly political, uh, mm-hmm. but is I think is really nice. And I'm interested to see where that goes. And if I, as we listen to more of their music, if I think that their um, their depiction of feminism is like... Uh, deeper than some sort of pandering neoliberal kind of <laughs> um, depiction. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Good. There we go. Good, uh, good thoughts to sketch out for this season. Um, yeah, yeah. And one well, thing and I'm going to be looking at is like how they engage with their own like narrative as as a right as public figures because apparently like one of their most popular songs, um, which is "Not Ready to Make Nice," is all about how they are not sorry we're not sorry uh that we um called you know george bush uh, or say that we're ashamed that george bush was from texas and that they didn't support the war like that's apparently what this song is about is like yeah you know fuck you uh we're not gonna like kowtow to you or do like you know toe the party line or like just say what you want us to say um which yeah, is yeah. And, a pretty and hope- badass move hopefully Hopefully we'll have um, a special guest on that episode. Um, uh, I, w- I won't spoil who it is, and also it might not even work out. Me. But um, <laughs> a, a yeah, I don't even know. a uh, a, Na- a Nashville songwriter who um, has been making country music and is a professional songwriter and uh, front person for a band. Um, but hopefully she'll join us uh, for that episode teaser that's the one she requested yeah holy shit that's and if not it'll just be you and me (laughs) you and me baby yeah yeah well okay now we should definitely jump into into songs we have about 40 minutes a little less okay let's go you know what's good news is that the cowboy lives forever This is a fun song. I think this is the worst song. <laughs> I think it's fun, but I think it's nonsense. <laughs> I I read it as kind of slyly um, playing with the well-worn like uh, touchstones of these like pandering tropes. The, the chorus. Okay, where is, do you think the winking or nods are? Right there in the chorus. The cowboy lives forever as long as there is a faded pair of blue jeans, wide brim hats, and leather and dreams. Like, <laughs> I I just, I feel like I can't take that totally seriously. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe that's like me reading too much into it or like me bringing my own it's, millennial irony it's just or whatever. It's so extreme. Yeah. That that like it has nothing. to be parody. <laughs> As long as there's a faded pair of blue jeans, like, come on. That's got to be somewhat tongue-in-cheek, right? I I don't know. 
<laughs> maybe. <Okay. laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really silly. And especially yeah. to end the chorus and dreams. Yes. <laughs> I think is one of the, some of the worst lyric writing ever in a way that's like, yeah, is, is this ironic? I don't know. <laughs> I do like that it um, is such a, like, a, a short line line length in contrast to the other lines of that chorus. Um, yeah. That is a fun little you know feature of the chorus. I think um, uh, you can find a cowgirl at the rodeo. She'll shuffle to the two step like the cowboys do. She might be wearing petticoats or maybe boots and chaps. She's Patsy Cline, Loretta, Kitty Wells, or Emmy Emmy Lou, or maybe you. Um, oh, and then there's a uh, an issue with the genius lyrics because oh. it's actually the cowgirl lives forever. Oh, what? Fix that. Hopefully earn us some genius IQ there. Um, I'll finally be smart. Yeah. Th- that's the part of the song that I, I... I think there's some, like, funny gender stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how what they're trying to say or how on purpose it is, but in verse two, I don't two, think they know either for he, some of it. <laughs> <laughs> his home range stretches from Hawaii to Maine. He's John uh-huh. Wayne. He's Gene Autry. He's me. John uh, Wayne, uh, famous self-described white supremacist, white supremacist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Real great also, guy. Uh, I'll, I'll link the, um, behind the bastards series about, uh, John Wayne. It's really funny. Ooh, I haven't listened to that one. He's a, he's a real piece of shit. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's made a lot of really um, awful like movies with awful like politics and tropes. Well, and he's, he's one of the worst John Waynes. Hmm. Ar- arguably the worst. Uh, you mean versus like John Wayne Gacy? Is that what, is that what you're yeah, referring to? That's the joke I'm making. <laughs> okay. Or Junior, I, I can't speak to John Wayne Gacy. Maybe he's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, John Wayne Gacy Some, Senior. It's probably a great guy. Sometimes you can be a sometimes you can be a great parent and have a kind of a dud of a kid. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just the hand you're dealt. <laughs> None of us want to be. <laughs> to, anyway, uh, I don't want to follow that up. Anyway, so um, Thank he's John Wayne. He's Gene Autry. He's me. It's like I'm lady and i'm the cowboy but then it goes into the cowgirls i almost wish you're the cowboy now dog (laughs) i almost wish that it had that that it didn't go into a sort of perfunctory bone throwing uh gender swap at the end although i appreciate the cowboy i'm the cowboy (laughs) yeah yeah because that they do do that in the second verse uh but i appreciate the chance to talk about Patsy Cline and Loretta and Kitty Wells or Emmy Lou. So how established was uh, Emmy Lou? Maybe by this you. Point? I don't actually know. Like, is that is that a deep cut in 1990? You know, I want to say she got started uh, in the 80s. I, I, I can't speak to that. Uh, oh no, they. Uh, what did they change Wikipedia formatting? Okay, I just got to the mobile version for some reason. Barf. Um, let's see. Discography. Emily Harris discography. Oh, she started in the 60s. Holy shit. Okay. 1969 is her first there album. There you go. All right. <laughs> I, uh, I, I assume she's established by that point. Yeah. Whoopsie. Uh, sound samples? Yes. What do you want? I don't, I don't know. Uh, the intro. Do the, This is okay. the beginning of the album. Yeah.
that's amazing. It's so it's, it's so bluegrass hot. and it's hot. <laughs> it's so and, good. Um, I mean, they, they're great musicians. Like, um, what's her face? Uh, I was. Where Are you talking it? about Marty on the fiddle there? Yeah, she won uh, a like a, a national fiddle contest in '87, and then came in third place in '89 or something. I'm trying to figure out. There it is. Okay. Or what in '87 she won second place at Walnut Valley Festival in Winfield, Kansas, and then in 1989 third place. Um, yeah. Yeah. There you so go. highly respected. Pedigree. Has a pedigree. Um, yeah. Yeah. And of course, I mean, like the others are no slashes either. I mean, there's no yeah, information about that contest. The hell out of a, hmm? She fiddles the hell out of a Kenny Baker tune late in this album, mm-hmm. and it sounds really good. <laughs> She's yeah knows what's up. Kenny Baker, famous fiddler for uh, Bill Monroe and the Kentucky Bluegrass Boys, or the the Bluegrass yeah. Boys, I guess. I don't say Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we should keep a good pace yeah. going. Yeah, let's uh, do that. Do you yeah. want to be a cowboy, baby? Yeah. Yes. How I want about- to be a cowboy's sweetheart. I want to be a cowboy baby's sweetheart. I want to be a cowboy sweetheart. I want to learn to rope and ride. I want to ride o'er the plains and the deserts. Out west of the great divide. I want to hear the coyotes howl. Yeah, so this is, I don't know. This one feels less like silly and tongue-in-cheek and more just like, I'm going to evoke these well-worn tropes we all know and we're gonna like have this little nostalgia party about like oh here's all these references to these songs and stories and stuff that we know there's old paint you know let's saddle old paint and well to to be fair this is an old song this is holy shit recorded in 1935 1935. okay all right so yeah that is a great thing to add uh to this context because that is very different um, yeah, record, recorded by Ruby Blevins, who performed as Patsy Montana, and it was the first country song by a female artist to sell more than one million copies. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And she was uh, she wrote it a year before because uh, she was feeling lonely and missing her boyfriend, apparently. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I will say that this, <laughs> e- even at this time, like I feel like cowboy culture uh do you mean I mean, 1935 or 1990 ca- in 1935 okay i mean gotcha. yeah i think like even at this time there was still sort of fetishization going on uh for like sure there are there are still real cowboys uh um, but like it was right at even the at the time like of a big wave of fetishization um, yeah, like I mean, you, it's the music industry right. and the film industry, so yes. that's yeah, it's For right sure. there. Yeah, like um, I don't know, like what really kicked it off, but like by the mid to late '30s, you start seeing like guitars that have just like cowboys painted on them, and then like Gene Autry and like Roy Rogers come out with their own like guitars and stuff, like and they're super yeah. popular and like I don't know. Um, so those are all it's over, like, like mm-hmm. it's like the opposite of Orientalism. It's, it's occidentalism, like baby. Is that what that means? Yes. Occidental oh, is I the didn't opposite know. of oriental. And uh, it's... Uh, did uh, Edward Said come, with, uh, come up with that too? <laughs> no. He, well, he didn't... Well, I think he might have coined the term orientalism, but oriental and occidental are just like old... 
I think they derive from Latin words for east and west. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, I'm seeing a book here that says Ox Occidentalism, the West in the Eyes of Its Enemies. That's my favorite Death Cab for Cutie album. <laughs> uh, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the hell out of that term because that's that's like what I what I deal in on my other podcast. Um, Get up in the cool, where we talk about old time music and play old time music, nice and plot. talk about all of the uh, all of the uh, uh, the pitfalls of um, authenticity uh, performances. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Occidentalism, great. Great, great, great. Delicious. You'll, you'll love to see it. Um, should we move on to another song? Yeah, I... Let me think. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be able to get okay, all no, of them. I can't, I can't come up with a good Occidental damn joke. So there's the punchline huh. and provide your own. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's go to Thunder. Well, no, there's some yodeling. You should play the yodeling. Oh, yeah, the yodeling is great. I want the yodeling. It's good yodeling. Give me the yodel. Um, at the time that the song was written, yodeling was not was still pretty new in country music. I think 1929 was like the first big single that included yodeling. I might be wrong on that date. Um, but the, also the, the first version of this song apparently did not feature yodeling. But the most popular version from around that time, uh, or no, hang on, I might be wrong. Yeah, uh, c- country music is not really a a folk genre. It is an industry genre right. that s- s- steals from whatever is ste- stealable in mm-hmm. the culture at the time. Uh, so, you know, there was a time when country music and blues music were essentially the same. Uh, and, you know, they stole, I'm assuming, yodeling from um, f- fucking Western European Swiss people. people and, yeah. Yeah, Swiss people. Uh, and then, you know, they would eventually steal slack key guitar playing from uh, uh, Hawaiian folks. Um, and then yeah. eventually, you know, it br- brings us to today, you know, trap beats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like all country music has that, you know, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, sometimes that makes that you get some really cool art that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, but there's a lot of theft involved. Yeah. And so. yodeling specific. I was I had, I had the classic off by one error. It was 1928. Um, and it was Jimmy Rogers was the first one to uh, come out yeah. with a yodeling country song um, with blue yodel number one. Um, and it was a pretty big sensation, I think. And, uh, yeah. So like as an, even as an industry genre, that is constantly stealing. Like sometimes you get single person innovators that do stuff that then gets widely copied, like Jimmy Rogers yeah. and yodeling. Yeah. I can't wait for, uh, a two rules, throat singing to make it, to make its way into, uh, <laughs> in, into country music. Wait, which, which singing? Like Tuvan throat singing ha! to make its way into country music. Yes, when we're all climate refugees and like somehow like <laughs> like um, like uh, uh, like we're all like living in the Arctic when mm-hmm. it's the, the new tropics, <laughs> the tropical Arctic. Yes, 
Yeah. Anyway, um, do you want to talk about Thunderheads or like how many of these? Well, do you it's want the first to... original song, but there are four. We are running short on time. Um, yeah, I think we should talk about it. There's some like metaphors in here. Metaphors. Let's take a listen. Not so much a prayer for rain as a desperate prayer for you. Thunderheads blow across the mesa like a heartless lover's heart. Thunderheads across the mountain as another dream goes by. So we uh, we talked a lot in our first season about how Garth Brooks likes protagonists who are in love with the rodeo and it's like mm-hmm. their main it's the rodeo is my wife yes rodeo like wife, he has yeah. just a bunch of songs uh uh that are just about having to choose between a woman and the rodeo mm-hmm. um and i feel like this is that song from the perspective of the the woman in the story but mm-hmm. it's not specifically about the radio it's uh, sorry rodeo mm-hmm. it's about um it's about the husband the man the father uh kind of getting lost in sort of the introspection of being a cowboy and mm-hmm. being solitary out on the plains or whatever mm-hmm. uh yeah and there aren't any other consequences in the song other than this sort of like you can't reach masculinity because it's like too wild and free (laughs) and i think it's kind of interesting and bizarre uh it is yeah it's a strange tonal (laughs) tonal song Yeah, Uh, and i'm kind of into it Mm -hmm. i love a lot of the imagery yeah. Like in the first verse, um, the kids are playing in the sand and my hair is nearly dry. Great opening lines. Supper's on the table, there's yeah. promise in the sky. You're out there on your ginger mare. You're not praying, so I do. Not so much a prayer for rain, but a desperate prayer for you. I think there's some indication maybe that like the storm might be dangerous to this guy also. Maybe. Um, Thunderheads will bring you to your knees is a line in the chorus. Um yeah, but then in verse two, it gets into that really odd like tone that you're talking about. I know you can't admit it that you've lost and nature's won. That thunderheads will blow away across the dying sun. So don't try to tell me, darling, how your heart's lost to the land. I don't need your explanations. I just want to hold your hand. There's a lot to unpack there. Holy shit. So much. Oh my yeah. god. Your heart's lost to the land. Yeah. <laughs> So this is written by the lead vocalist and someone named Lisa Brandenburg, who I don't believe is in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff here. The the chorus, thunderheads blow across the mesa like a heartless lover's lie. That's a really interesting simile to throw in there. Like makes you wonder. Like woof. <laughs> ooh, what's this guy been getting up to? Is he is he has he been going around fucking those thunderheads? Has he been been stepping out? Given Thunderhead. (laughs) Exactly. Um, The devil has to have his way. Is another line for us. (laughs) Yeah, what an odd song. Yeah. Whew. Uh, Yeah. Uh, 
Let's see. I don't know if we need to listen to Long Roads. Yeah, it's a pretty standard love song. We'll have to um, swim in ocean. I think the ones. First. Yeah. I think the ones that we should hit mm-hmm. are Brilliancy. Um, thank heavens for Dale Evans. Obviously. Obviously. Um, I have a sound sample in this heart of mine that says banjo getting turned, so we should obviously listen to that. Whatever that means, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and writer's really good. Those are my votes. Yeah. And we have 20 minutes, so let's see how many of those let's we can get it. through or anything else you want to do. Okay, so Brilliancy is the next one. This is a traditional fiddle tune. Yeah, this is uh, a fiddle tune that kind of, re- I, I kind of put it in the same family as like a whiskey before breakfast or something like that, where it's mm-hmm. like, it almost feels like a classical music piece, like a, it, it's just like sort of a seven note major scale, and it's um, it's sort of virtuosic mm-hmm. uh, arpeggios and stuff like that, and it feels mm-hmm. very different than like a folk music piece. It feels more yes. like a on the pop music end of uh of traditional fiddle music but it is traditional like i don't believe anyone knows where it comes from it's almost like a chamber music piece or like um yeah yeah like you said classical or something uh it i I can maybe put a link to um probably my favorite version uh is ek robertson uh plays uh the brilliancy uh, medley and um, it's that and a, and a couple other old time tunes in this very virtuosic kind of source uh, recording. Um, so I'll, I'll include a link to that. Awesome. Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, th- this is just fantastic playing. And I, I took some sound samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Fiddle it's like a little fiddle intro. Or... Yeah, let's intro? listen to both of them then okay. move on. Yeah. That is some very good bluegrass fiddling. Yeah, it's kind of a fun little intro. Yeah. Uh, and let's listen to the the banjo break. Yeah, I hate it when a banjo breaks. You got to take it to the repair person, and they like, breaks my heart. More like. <laughs> Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's not like um, the most creative playing in that moment, but it's 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 great, just solid bluegrass banjo playing. Mm-hmm. Listen to those rolls. The pocket is great, delicious. Uh, it's rhythmically sophisticated. Eat those rolls for dinner. Mm. Yeah. Just eat them up. Oh, there is coffee grinding. Um, all right. Hopefully that's not too loud. Um, should we move on? Yeah, let's move on to Thank Heavens for Dale Evans. Daddy shook his head as he carried me to bed And he tucked me in a bag and me to say Thank Heavens for Dale Evans You're everything I ever want to be You're lucky, you're lucky, you're lucky be Dale Evans made a cowbell out of me 
<laughs> yeah. This is great. I like this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a really fun song. This is sort of a, this is a genre of like country music or bluegrass mm-hmm. music, which is, which is just uh, name dropping mm-hmm. important people. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the song Sir Duke. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> I don't know that song, but yes, well, you, I affirm you. Yeah. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah. About Duke That's Ellington? the good part of the song. I think it's about no, it's uh, Stevie Wonder, but it he no, like name drops every important. <laughs> he names like every musician in the twentieth century in okay, that song, gotcha, gotcha. and uh, we didn't start. That yeah, there's some yeah. like great meme that um, my bandmate Mark uh, introduced me to. That's basically like uh, I forget the format. The point of it is the lyrics of Sir Duke suck, but the music's incredible. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. There you go. Um, but yeah, this is like a genre of like bluegrass and country music, which is just, um, it's the kind of easiest form of pandering. You just name people that are important to the genre and the genre's history. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty effective. And I mean, there's there's also a narrative here. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like verse one, very interesting. The opening line is, I grew up on Bob Wills and Daydreams. So this male singer presumably i don't know bob wills from adam or eve uh but presumably male bob uh my toes were a tap into western swing i wish upon a star atop an old box car chasing rainbows to the place the bluebirds sing and then we get the switch to like the more uh female side i painted my eyes up like dolly sang with kitty wells till mama screamed then daddy shook his head as he carried me to bed and tucked me in a begging me to sing thank heavens for dale evans um yeah. And then the verse two, she's like, and now I'm playing my guitar with the cowgirls. Yeah, uh, that's it. It's pretty fun. The, there's like um, three part harmonies the whole time. Mm-hmm. They're very tight. They sound great. at times like uh, almost like Mr. Sandman level. Yeah. Uh, you know, like really tight mm-hmm. female, super high pitched harmonies. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's really great. Yeah. I like the ending lines of verse uh, two. I'm proud enough to say I'll always be this way, like the girl who went and stole Roy Rogers' heart. There's that reference to yeah. Roy Rogers. Uh, uh, there's an ending that I took a sound sample of. I don't remember it. Let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. Yeah, good ending. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I'm running out of time. Writer is the next Ooh, one. You let's want to listen to real quick just that sound sample that says banjo getting turned. I feel like oh, we yes. need to uh, this hard to, to do Emily justice by listening to her banjo playing on this song. Here we got some mando chopping in the background too yeah ultra bluegrass ultra bluegrass great uh yeah yeah, let's listen to Ryder. okay Ryder, coming right up
So this is a traditional blues song. Yeah, I didn't I didn't read these notes. They're, this is intense. Some yeah. of this stuff. Yup. Um, yeah, so it's collected uh, by the Lomaxes. Yeah. Or Lomaxes, I guess is the plural. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Pretty. Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. It says, modern versions of this song, uh, I Know You Writer, it's also called Woman Blues, or I Know My Writer. Uh, modern versions can be traced back to Blind Lemon Jefferson's Deceitful Brown Skin Blues, which was released as a single in 1927. Okay. Yep. Um, and All right. <laughs> in the book by the, the Lomax uh, father-son duo, uh, they say that an 18-year-old girl, or an 18-year-old black girl in prison for murder, sang the song in the first stanza of these blues, and then the Lone Maxes added a number of verses from other sources and named it "Woman Blue." Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes the uh, Lomases, I don't know. I want to learn <laughs> more about them. They seem kind of sus sometimes. Oh, they're definitely pretty <laughs> sus. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know that much about them, but there's definitely some charlatan <laughs> vibes that I get from them. Sure. Although they did some, they recorded a lot of stuff. They did. That I'm I glad mean, exists. They were like also kind of appropriate and exploitative, but also if they hadn't existed, we would have lost out on a lot of great stuff. I don't know. There's yeah. a, um, there's a great book of poems uh, called Lead Belly by Tahimba Jess that mm. Alan Lomax is a, is a big character in that book and Lead Belly's huh. uh, relationship to him. Everyone go check it out. It's uh, highly readable for people who uh, don't even like poetry. So, Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, should we just listen to their Sam Cooke's uh Yes, I was going to say we do, need to, we do need to listen to that yeah. general sound sample because it rules. What a great song. Um, and it's a good version of it. I like it. I yeah. mean, I'm, 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 I'm giving it a thumbs up. I'm plus. I'm for it. Yes. Good. Yeah. 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 That is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we should, I guess, start wrapping it up, huh? Because it's getting to be that time. You got your heart out. You got a handle. <laughs> um so thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with the next The Chicks album, which is, uh, it's called Little Old Cowgirl or something. What is it called? Yeah. Little Old Cowgirl. Ha, I thought I was, I knew the world cowgirl was in it. I thought the rest of it I was just making up, but that's literally what it's called. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> which is poppier, apparently, less bluegrass. So. Uh, it's, it's, that's a great title. It's, it's very um, like Maria Bamford's Netflix special, Old Baby. Yes, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. And uh, until next week, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Get on our Discord. Um, the link will be in the show notes. Um, you can support us in a couple ways by writing a review on like Apple Podcasts or wherever. I don't know if Spotify has like reviews or star ratings or whatever, but you could check it out. Uh, telling people about the show would be amazing. Spread the word. Um, you can also kick us a few bucks on Patreon at support.boxset.website. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials, including a weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly. And this week I talked about a movie called The Kid Detective from 2020, which was pretty dang good, better than expected. And Cameron talked about 
Fire Island, the gay pride and prejudice from Joel Kim Booster. Yes. Amazing. Yep. Uh, well, thanks. Oh, the other thing you should do, Cameron mentioned it earlier, but I'm going to hit it again. Go listen to Cameron's other podcast. It's called Get Up in the Cool. Uh, they surpassed their would. 300th episode and they're still going strong. So yeah. Go check it out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> how much better would that song be if they were just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I call a call and response. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm the cowgirl now, dog. <laughs> I have a camera do it, and this is my wife, Rodeo. <laughs>